0: That's ljsinnercircle.com, or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. I find that a lot of musicians that come to me for help are feeling stuck In their jazz playing, they're on that dreaded musical plateau and they're in the desert. They can't see the end and they're not sure how to get to the next level in their jazz playing. And this can be a very frustrating experience, feeling like your solos aren't up to snuff, that your bass lines are never getting better, that your comping is never getting better, that you're still falling back into old habits that are constantly holding you back from your musical potential. Well, in today's episode, I'm going to help you break through and get unstuck in your jazz playing. I'm going to give you a five-step process that if you follow these five steps, I can pretty much guarantee you're going to start making some progress and moving forward, getting unstuck in your jazz playing. So let's do this thing. Welcome to the LJS Podcast, where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. And now your host, he's a jazz musician, author, and entrepreneur, Brent Bartstra. Hey, what's up everybody? Brent here from Learn Jazz Standards, where we help musicians just like you learn how to play jazz while shortening the learning curve, no matter what instrument you play. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Always excited to be here. Always excited to help serve you, help you improve your jazz skills. You know, we all love jazz here who listen to this podcast. And of course, I love jazz. We get a great thrill out of playing this music and improving. And so there can be nothing more frustrating than that feeling of just not moving anywhere, feeling completely stuck. And you are not alone, my friend. I have felt that feeling many times. Lots of my students come to me in my Inner Circle membership because they want to get unstuck. And I want to give you a little bit of encouragement today because there is a pathway out. It's just that we really have to start getting intentional. We really have to start looking underneath the hood, and I'm going to give you a process today that will help you discover how to get unstuck. Okay. Before we do that, of course, today's episode is sponsored by our very own LJS Inner Circle membership. I recently had a new member come in that said, hey, I've been listening to the podcast for a long time. I kept hearing about the Inner Circle membership, and I finally made the leap, and I could not be more thrilled that I did so. I wish I would have joined a long time ago. Well, listen... I would love for you to join him as well, where we are learning new jazz standards every single month in our Jazz Standards Club, where we're going through step-by-step practice programs to help you succeed in jazz blues, help you succeed in learning solos, learning jazz standards, learning jazz theory, and we do monthly live Q&As to get your questions answered. And really, there's this incredibly vibrant community of musicians playing all sorts of instruments. Really helping each other out and encouraging each other and getting that motivation that sometimes we really lack and feel isolated as musicians, just stuck in our practice room alone. So let's move forward. Let me help you by joining the LJS Inner Circle membership. So go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com. Check it out, see if it's a good fit, and we'd love to have you as a member. Okay, my five step process for how to get unstuck in your jazz playing. Here we go. Okay, so let's talk about step number one. Now, first, we got to set the scene here. And you're probably very familiar with what this scene looks like. You are feeling unmotivated in your jazz playing, right? This is all a symptom. These are symptoms I'm naming here of being stuck. You're feeling unmotivated to practice, right, because you're kind of frustrated. You feel a little bit aimless while you're practicing. You're maybe practicing a lot of random things. Um, You just in general are listening to your playing uh, and feeling self-conscious about it because honestly, it's just not quite up to where you want to be, but you don't really see yourself making any more meaningful progress. So therefore, you kind of are just at this point of, should I just give up? Will I never reach my my musical potential? as a jazz musician, like all these thoughts are going through your head right now, and it's a bad feeling, right? So we need to solve this problem. So here you are right now. What do you do? So step number one is I want you to do a full-on jazz playing audit. I want you to do a jazz playing audit. Now, what is a jazz playing audit? This is a, a moment of time where you're going to listen to your playing, even if that makes you feel very uncomfortable. And you're going to start digging deep into what's going right and what's going wrong. So the very first step to do is to record yourself playing at least three different jazz standards that you know, okay? Three different jazz standards. And I think it's a good idea to have some variety in there. I think one of them should be a jazz blues because jazz blues, that's very important to the style of jazz, one of the most important song forms in jazz, of course. So we want to evaluate how you're doing on a jazz blues. We want to evaluate how you're doing on some sort of medium uh, to medium up tempo, okay? So it could be a jazz standard like all the things you are. It could be a jazz standard like, you know, you fill in the blank, right? And then you want to do another one, which is more of a ballad, so a little bit slower. It can be a walking ballad. It could be a really slow ballad, but something to demonstrate what you're playing is like when you really slow things down a lot, okay? So you have a blues. The blues could be a medium tempo. Perhaps the jazz standard is a medium up tempo, And then you have a ballad that you're going to be recording, okay? So recording yourself is super important. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know that this is something I regularly encourage you to do. And definitely, it's something in our inner circle membership that is a mainstay of what we do. And a lot of our members who are doing it are most certainly seeing progress and reaping the benefits. So, record yourself playing three jazz standards. It's the very first thing you should do. Now, a few things with the audit is it can be tempting because we're all very self conscious. Like, even not even just playing for other people but even for ourselves like we it's kind of like hearing your voice for the first time you know remember when the first time you heard your voice uh, when someone was recording you on camera like maybe a family video I have no idea but you heard your voice and you were like wow is that really what I sound like is that really what my voice sounds like it can be a very awkward feeling because you're hearing yourself differently you know than than what someone else would hear you so that's kind of what it can be like when you're Playing, and if you've never recorded yourself and listened back, you know, this can be a very challenging situation. And therefore, we could be tempted to want to re record and re record and re record each take of each jazz standard until we come up with one that we think will be more happy to listen back to. But here's the thing. When you're recording yourself doing these three standards, it's a good idea to not do more than two takes, like maybe three if you really screwed something up and you totally got lost or whatever. But still, that's also part of the audit is if you got lost, that's part of what we're looking for here. Right. So really try to limit it to one to the very maximum in a a few exceptions would be three takes because what we're really trying to do is be honest with ourselves and we're trying to help ourselves and if we're kind of you know i don't know not giving ourselves a true evaluation by trying to start memorizing things that we want to play that you think we think would sound good we're not really getting the true spirit of what our playing is actually like okay so limit it to one to two takes again maximum three all right. Okay. So now, once you've recorded yourself, now what do you do for your playing audit? Now, this is the time where you need to put your instrument away. <laughs> you know, don't even touch the thing. Have your computer open or your whatever you're listening to your recordings on. And there are two questions that we're asking ourselves. And I would recommend doing them separately. So listen to. One of the recordings all the way through asking one question, and then listen to the recording again all the way through asking the second question. Okay. The first question you're going to ask yourself is what's good? Like, what do I actually really like? What moments surprised me? What things did I actually do that I think are worth looking into? And figuring out how I can capitalize on that more. This is a step in an audit that a lot of people forget about. They go straight to the second question, which we'll go on over in a second. It's super important that you ask yourself that question: What is good? Okay, because this is actually one of the more valuable portions of the audit. So listen to each track once through, and with a, a, a pen and and paper, or you know, on your computer or Evernote or whatever you like to use, write down. As you hear them, what you like, what's going on? Be very specific. Be very specific about what it is. Even if you need to, put a timestamp at where you played this lick or where you made this cool comping pattern or whatever it is, right? Really be specific about what it is that you like, okay? So you're going to go through and you're going to do that. And then after that, you're going to look at each one of the things that you wrote down and ask yourself a little bit deeper questions like, what is it that I liked about that specifically is it that i liked the way my rhythm sounds is it that i like the particular voicings that i'm using is it just something that stirs up you know positive emotion in me right those are great things because what we want to do is make a very big note of these things because we want to going forward into the other steps be focusing on these things the things that we're already good at the things that we already like These are the things that are the most potential for us to hone, refine, and get even better at, and also to help create our own original sound, which is a big goal for a lot of us as musicians and especially as jazz musicians, okay? Okay, the second question, you're going to listen through each track again, and you're going to ask, what don't I like? And you'll know because you're going to have this negative reaction in your body, right? You're going to listen to it, and you're going to be like, oh, man, that didn't feel right. That wasn't good. Maybe you feel a bit embarrassed. And those are ca- that's okay. Allow yourself to feel those feelings. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Our goal now, though, is to again be very specific. At each point where you didn't like something, write it down. And it's okay if your list of I don't likes is bigger than the ones that you do like, right? Um, but we want to get very specific. Like, what did was my rhythm off? Is my swing not very good? Did I get lost in the form at this one part? Um, are my lines just basic and boring? Am I just playing scales? Like, what is it? And then be very specific again. Writing down timestamps of you know at 1:15 in the track, I did this right. We want to do that, and then after we're done writing them all down, we want to go back and really ask ourselves deeply, like, what is it specifically about that that I really didn't like? I kept playing the blues scale over and over and over again on top of the blues. I didn't play anything else. I couldn't really hear the chord changes coming out. I just was playing the blues scale. Okay, good. Now we know that we don't like that. And so going forward, we can start trying to figure out what we can do differently, but we have to identify the things that we like and the things that we don't like first. And so many of us will not take the time to do this. We don't take the time to do this. And this is a critical mistake. Like if we're trying to get unstuck here, we have to be very intentional about getting unstuck, right? We can't be casually thinking, I I don't want to be stuck anymore and not do anything about it. We have to get very laser focused. And that's step number one, do the jazz playing audit. Okay. Step number two, you're going to do a practicing audit. Okay. A practicing audit. Now this is where um, you're going to go through about a week of your regular practice and start asking yourself, what am I actually doing? Okay. And this is again, where, where you're going to take out A piece of paper and a pen, or your Evernote or Google Docs, whatever you got. And you're literally gonna write down what you normally do when you practice, okay? What you normally do. And now this isn't the time to be like overly critical of what you're actually doing. Like, right, the temptation doing the jazz practice audit is to be like, oh, well, here's what I'm doing, but actually, I think I should be doing this. So I'm gonna do, I'm just gonna do that, right? We wanted to be honest with ourselves again. Like, what are we actually normally practicing on a regular basis? So let's just say that you have one hour to practice. Sit down to practice like you normally would, and what's the first thing you do? <laughs> you know, I bet you a lot of us. The first thing we do is we start noodling on our instrument. Okay, we start noodling. So we start jamming and playing. I'm not again, no judgment here. Not saying there's anything wrong with that per se, but that's something that we want to note. Okay, so from this time to this time. I was noodling on my instrument, right? Or maybe the first thing you always do is you start playing scales to warm up or you're a trumpet player. So you start playing long tones, get right down what you're doing. Now, again, this is where it's important to be honest with yourself. Do you jump onto YouTube and start looking up my videos or somebody else's videos on some random technique, right? Now, maybe that's part of it, Right? Maybe maybe you had watched a video uh, and, and you want to apply a cool concept that someone taught you on YouTube and whatever. You made a plan to do that. Oftentimes, that's not what we're doing. Oftentimes, we go onto YouTube and we're like, what do I practice today? So we have our instrument in our hand already and we're like, what do I practice today? We get onto YouTube. Uh, maybe we listen to this podcast and we go, okay, that's what I'm going to do today, right? And you start working on that thing, right? All right. Write it down. Write down that that's what you did, right? So go through the entire one hour practice session you had, 30 minute practice. It really doesn't matter how long, right? And go through that okay? And and, and and identify what you're actually doing. So that's kind of the first thing. Again, do this over a week because you want to see, uh, maybe you only had three times to practice during the week, but for each time you did have to practice, it could be different what you did. Like for example, you might notice that actually you worked on that one YouTube video that you learned and then the next practice session, you went to a different one completely. In other words, you didn't really start refining what you did. Well, spoiler alert, that's actually not great practice habit, okay? So, So, but you want to write that down and get familiar with what that is, okay? Now, the second thing that you're going to want to do is after each practice session, after you've documented what you did, you're going to want to actually look back at that list of things that you did and start asking yourself some hard questions. So, ask yourself, what bad habits are here, okay? Um Am I just noodling on my instrument because I don't know what to practice? That's a bad habit, right? Because honestly, if you want to utilize your practice time the best way possible, you're going to go into that practice session knowing exactly what you want to practice. Now, if you decided that actually for the first five minutes, I do want to just noodle around because it helps free my brain up, it helps me connect back with my instrument, then that's totally fine. But if all of a sudden halfway through the practice session you're noodling again and just playing random stuff that you're used to playing, okay, right? So we, we need to note that that is a bad habit, right? That's actually a time waster. So a lot of us say, uh, I don't have enough time to practice. One of the biggest reasons I get uh, for people who say they don't wanna join my Inner Circle membership, for example, is they say, well, I would love to do it except for I just don't have very much time to practice. And really, that's probably not true, you know, because we believe that you in even just 30 minutes, you can make a ton of progress in your jazz playing if you're practicing correctly and if you're following uh, tried and true formulas, right? So a lot of times, honestly, if we do a practicing audit, we'll notice that we're wasting a lot of time doing certain things that aren't going to actually move the needle, Right. And especially after we've done our jazz playing audit, we'll notice the things that we really like. So, those are the things that we should be including into our our jazz practicing. Like, those are the things that we should really be focusing on. And we'll notice the things that we didn't like. And so, we'll notice that we keep playing scales instead of playing chord tones. So, we need to start practicing chord tones. We need to start practicing targeting chord tones in our jazz lines. Um, Maybe our ears aren't very good when we never learn jazz solos by ear. That's what we need to be doing, right? The list could be anything. But we'll notice in our jazz practicing audit, the things that we're wasting our time. So it's causing us to think we don't have time to practice. But in reality, we do. We're just not using our practice time very well. Okay. So that's number two. Do the jazz practicing audit for yourself. All right. Very important. So at this point, we've done the jazz playing audit and we have done the jazz practicing audit. And at this point, again, we want to take a moment to pause and go, is what I discovered in my jazz playing audit, does that match up with what I'm actually spending my time practicing? Now, if it means it doesn't, that means there's a problem, right? That means we have to go, oh, I'm practicing things that do not address some of my musical weaknesses, right? This is That's a big habit people have is just practicing things they're already good at, right? Well, It's okay to do that, it makes you feel good, and that could be a good part of a practice session, but that's really not what's gonna help you get unstuck, is it, right? Or maybe you notice that you're not really practicing the things that you're great at, right? So we need to take a pause after the first two steps and really think about it, okay? Because that's gonna set us up for step number three, okay? Step number three is we need to define project goals define project goals. Now, I know a lot of people get bored and tired of hearing about setting goals. I mean, it is the most tired thing that you could possibly say. Everybody's heard it. Um, However, if you don't really set goals for your jazz playing and have a direction that you're going in, chances are you're going to continue to stay stuck. You know, chances are you're going to continue to stay stuck. So I want you to kind of cast aside right now any negative feelings or prior beliefs you have about goals, setting goals, working or not working, right? That's not going to be helpful for us if you're approaching this with a mindset of goals don't work or I've not met my goals in the past. Why should I set new ones, right? I want you to let that go for a second, all right? Defining project goals. Now, what's a project goal? Project is, as you know, a task that you want to accomplish that gives you some kind of desired result, okay? A task that you want to accomplish that gives you some kind of desired result. So, for example, a project goal could be, I'm going to learn one jazz standard in a month, okay? Because maybe perhaps you realized that I don't know enough jazz standards. And spoiler alert, it's always a good idea to learn new jazz standards. It's pretty much the secret to becoming a better jazz musician is learning more jazz standards and learning those jazz standards very well. Okay. So that's a project goal. I'm going to learn a jazz standard in one month. All right. Now, maybe you noticed that your, um, your time feel is really bad. Like you keep getting lost in the form, right? So, you'll look at that one jazz standard a month and go, okay, what do I need to do in order to start practicing time feel? When you really dig into time feel, it really actually comes down to like you're not really able to feel subdivisions of rhythms over top of the time. Um, all these, there's all kinds of things you can do to improve your time feel, right? We've covered that in other episodes. We'll continue to cover that in future episodes. So, we're not going to dive into that specifically today. But you'll go. Oh, okay. So we have this project of learning a new jazz standard this month. But what I also want to do is I want to practice playing different subdivisions over the form, right? Because I just need to tackle this. So I'm going to practice playing only quarter notes, improvising quarter notes over the form. I'm going to practice only. Um, I'm going to practice only playing eighth notes over the form. I'm going to practice playing triplets over the form. You could even go a little deeper, uh, triplet quarter notes, right? Um. so, or dotted quarter notes, right? You could You could really go deep into this if you want. I'm trying to get more rhythmic freedom and more time feel in my jazz playing. So we're gonna have to really attack that and that's a project goal. It's a project goal. In fact, we can have project goals within project goals, right? We'll talk about how to attack the project goals in a second, but that's what we're starting to do. We're starting to look at our jazz playing audit that we did. We're starting to go, hey, I'm really good at doing this. Let's keep doing more of that, right? Let's keep practicing that thing that I keep doing, right? And we're looking and we're saying, hey, I'm not very good at this. All right, let's make a project around that. Now, project goals are not one day. They're not one practice session. They're not usually one week. I would say in general, a project goal should never be less than one month, okay? A project goal should take you one month at least to accomplish, and if it takes you two or three months or four months or even five or six months, that's okay too, right? As long as your project goal is specifically attacking something that you're doing, okay? Now, that is a project goal. We have to start defining project goals. Now, how many project goals should you set set yourself up for? I would say no more than two in a month, okay? No more than two in a month, Well, you could even go three if you find that one of your project goals is very much so related. So for example, perhaps one of your project goals is I am going, I'm not very good at learning music by ear. I keep reading sheet music to learn jazz standards. You've heard it before. It's not the best idea. We need to get better at that if we're going to get unstuck. So part of your project goal is you are going to learn the entire melody of that jazz standard by ear. Right. You're gonna do something different than you did before. That's what you're gonna do. Instead of reading it, you're gonna learn that melody by ear. And it may take you a lot longer, and that's why it's a project goal, but you got to take that first step. Okay. So in that case, you can add more project goals if they align within your main target goal, your main project goal, like learning a new jazz standard in a month. Again, these are examples, but you're gonna wanna have your project goals be informed by your jazz playing audit and your jazz practicing audit. Okay. So, we've defined some project goals for ourselves. Now, the fourth step is super important, and that is you need to define a pra- practice strategy. Define a practice strategy. So, so many of the music music students that I see come to me and they're they're telling me they're feeling stuck. When we really evaluate their practicing audit, right? When you they do a practicing audit of themselves and they really look at what they're actually doing, they learn pretty quickly that they don't really have a good practicing strategy like there's no rhyme or reason to it there is nothing that builds off of each, off of each other it's not broken down into smaller steps again it's very much so the strategy of i heard brent talk about this thing on the podcast i'm going to work on that today Oh, I heard Jens Larson on his YouTube channel talk about these amazing chord voicings I like can practice. I'm going to do that today, but there's no rhyme or reason to how we actually achieve our project goals. Okay. So what makes a good practice strategy? I'm going to list to you three characteristics. Okay. So number one is your practice strategy is simple. Okay. It's simple. And That means that it's step-by-step, right? It means there's a step one and there's a step two and there's a step three. So step one is a little bit of information. Step two is even more information. Step three is even more information after that, right? We're not trying to do everything all at once, we're thinking about it as we're learning something new or refining something new over a period of time. It has to be simple. If it sounds like rocket science, there's probably something wrong with that practice strategy. It should be very simple, right? Easy for you to digest, easy for you to understand, easy for you to start attacking, right? And actually working on. Okay. Characteristic number two is it should be based off of batching, It should be based off of batching. What's batching? Batching is basically learning something in batches, right? So in other words, if your goal is to learn um, 32 bars of a solo in one month, because you know that learning jazz language is really helpful, you'll learn more things, it's going to help you because you don't really have a lot of good jazz language you're playing. Okay, how are we going to do that? Well, you're not going to try to learn the entire solo in batches one day or even two practice sessions. And you're also not going to just not have a plan for how long it's going to take you. You're going to go look and say, all right, well, in my first practice session, considering I'm not that good at learning music by ear yet, I need to do smaller batches. So I'm only going to learn the first four bars or the first musical phrase or lick of this solo in this one practice session. And then once I learn it by ear, I'm going to practice it and practice it and practice it until I've memorized it. And then in the next practice session, I'll review that one I just learned and then I'm gonna learn the next four bars, okay? That's called batching. Um, It's really important that your practice strategy always includes batching because if it doesn't, you're kind of gonna be aimless and you're not gonna have measurable goals to reach your project goal, right? So that's characteristic number two is batching. Now, characteristic number three I actually covered this in an entirely separate podcast episode and went deeper into it. But this is my LRC practice strategy. So a good practice strategy includes this acronym, LRC. So it inclu- includes learning something, okay? It includes refining something and it includes creating something. So to go over it really quickly, learning something would be like okay, I'm going to um, learn this 12-bar blues etude, okay? 12 bars of music, okay? Now, that's the learning portion is that you have to learn it and memorize it. Now, the refining portion of that could be a lot of things. It could just be reviewing uh, the portions that you learned before in your batching process, or it could be like, oh, okay, I learned it in one key. Now I'm gonna learn it in another key, Ooh, that's good stuff, right? That's refining. You're really getting it deep into your subconscious. You're learning it in a different key, a different context. That's called refining, okay? And then creating means that we learned something, we refined it, but now if we really want to get it to come out in our improv and our comping and our baselines, then we need to create something with it. So we need to say, I learned this great lick, but what about that lick do I like? And what was so great about it? And how can I compose like 20 different ways to play that lick? Where well, I learned this jazz blues etude, how do I compose my own 12 bar etude, right? That would sound good. And that would take some inspiration from the etude I just learned. Because the creation side is super important for actually applying what we've learned. A lot of times, a lot of us stop at, hey, learned a new solo. Hey, learned a new jazz standard. Great. Moving on to the next one. Well, no, we have to figure out how to actually create something of our own from that. That is, to me, part of a very successful practice strategy, the LRC method. Okay. So it's simple, it's batched, and it's LRC. That's a good practice strategy. Now, I have a lot of practice strategies that we do in our inner circle membership, and I've talked about lots of practice strategies, um, specific ones on this podcast before. So I'm not going to go into those, but you can also develop your own practice strategies that makes sense for you and are based off of your project goals are based off of your practice auditing right you've noticed that you have these bad habits so when you're doing your practice stra- uh, practice sessions in within your strategy you're addressing those issues that are wasting your time and holding you back and it's based off of your jazz playing audit right your your goals are based off of the things that you th- saw were going well and the things that weren't going so well okay Okay, so that's step number four is your practice strategy. Define your practice strategy. Okay, step number five, and this one is so simple, but yet so important, is that you repeat the process. Okay, (laughs) so let's say after you have accomplished one of your project goals, a good idea would be to go back to step number one and do a jazz playing audit, Now, maybe you don't notice a huge difference yet, right? Because so you've only done one project goal, but there's got to be something there that you improved upon that you can continue to see the things you're doing well and continue to see the things that you need to work on more. That's going to help keep your North Star, your compass pointed in the right direction. And then you're going to go back and do a practicing audit. How has my practice changed from the first audit to this one? right? Pro jazz musicians. And th- this is something that actually Justin Nielsen said in our jazz piano accelerator course in our inner circle membership. He said this in one of the lessons. He said that some of the best jazz musicians, they actually spend a ton of time becoming experts at practicing, <laughs> right? Not necessarily like experts at like playing jazz. Like that's what they're obviously in trying to do in the end. But they're really looking at their practicing very intently and they're looking at their playing very intently and they're constantly refining, constantly improving their practice strategies and the way they're approaching learning the music because they know that that's a good good return on their investment. If they're actually focusing on that, that's how they're really going to improve faster. That's how they're going to get unstuck from where they are right now. So pro jazz musicians, that's what they're doing. So you want to repeat this process all the time. You want to go back, do a jazz playing audit. What happened? What changed? What didn't change? Then go to the, the practice audit. What happened? What changed? What didn't change? Then define a new project goal based on that information. Then define a practice strategy, whether it's the same one you did before or a slightly different one because you realize that there's something different I have to do. Okay? And then you accomplish that practice goal. Then you go back to step five and you repeat the process. You start back at step one again, okay? So that's step five is to repeat the process. Continually do this. Now, really, truly, if if you do this process that I just have talked to you about, you pretty much have no choice but to start getting unstuck, right? You will start getting unstuck if you truly do these things. Now obviously there's a ton of factors involved for how quickly you're able to get unstuck um but for sure surefire work on this process and you'll be seeing results so that's my challenge to you this week go through this five-step process and see where it takes you and see what happens to your jazz playing after you've accomplished that first project goal All right. That's all for today's show. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining me for this episode. Hope you found this helpful as always and that you're going to take action because remember, knowledge without action isn't really knowledge at all. All right. So make sure you take action on today's episode. Uh, like I said at the beginning of the show, lgsinnercircle.com. That's where you can sign up for LGS Inner Circle membership. Um, again, a lot of the stuff I talk about are things that are kind of caked in to some degree into our membership. And again, a big thing is motivation. Like sometimes that's just what's holding you back from from being stuck. Like it's just you're not motivated to continue. And sometimes having a community of other musicians who are all doing the same thing and trying to achieve the same goal can be incredibly motivating and inspiring. So check it out at ljsinnercircle.com. We'd love to have you join us over there. We're going to be coming out with another great Quick Win episode of the podcast this Friday. And by the way, did you know that we also do video recordings of our Quick Win episodes? So you can, of course, listen on any of the podcast listening apps that you use, but you can also go to our website, learnjazzstandards.com, and listen and watch the podcast as well for our Quick Win series. So you can always check that out. Looking forward to that one. We'll see you back then. Until next time, happy practicing and cheers.